Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hello, it's Mikey. It's 11-24, allegedly 2016, and supposedly happy Thanksgiving. And I would like to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. And many more. May every day be one to the best of your ability. Yeah. So anyways, Google this. At least I I see this year Thanksgiving is Indian patterns, wheat, a bird flying in the sky, and it looks like Eh, whatever. Politically correct. I don't know. Well, we'll see what the Yahoo. Clinton urged to uh, urge to seek vote recount in three states. <clears throat> and the voter box looks like something straight out of NASA. <clears throat> Of course, this could all be whatever. I don't even know why I bother. You and I both know, anybody's paid attention, this is all staged. <clears throat> this is all to keep us uh, in tangled or, or mind-controlled in the sense that we're not going to pay attention to what's really going on, which is <clears throat> what little rights you have, more being taken away as they prepare for their great blood sacrifice. Uh, nuns provide daily reminder on Mount Carmel's Catholic roots. It's one of these headlines. Let's see, Sam's Club's cracks up or uh, cracks up saving for Black Friday, whatever. Standoff beneath the 110 freeway, homeless man builds a compound. Officials tear it down, or the officials. He rebuilds. Good for him. If it's real. Well, I imagine it is real, but I mean, it's a partisan, whether they're endly. My attempt that you never see the sunrise. A judge harsh words to a convicted killer. Unlike Bob Dowell, these three artists flat out refuse their honors. All a bunch of Satanists. Luciferians. Trump, he's just a... Brought in is some new guy. I don't know where that's at. And uh, it's like another 
for is it whatever. That's just of money, so it's going to be a Jew. Kim Kardashian leaves Kanye West's bedside as he prepared to spend Thanksgiving in hospital. Well, you know, she's awfully pretty, but she's usually that means not good. Donald Trump's reported turning down classified intelligence briefings is election. Well, not much to say here. Not much here, folks. Just keep moving on. Move on. I wonder if I go like this. I wonder what the timing is when they when they put in their new um, batch of propaganda. Is it every hour, every 15 minutes, or half an hour, or 45 minutes? I don't know. I just listen. Well, let's get back to this thing. This is uh, from debunkingskeptic.com. And it's always good to see the other side, what they have to say. Debunking Christian circular arguments and assumptions. Of course, they don't. You're going to find that the, these atheists and skeptics are their circular reasoning arguments. They don't like if you challenge them, but it's human nature, I guess. Why Christianity is tyrannical and anti-freedom? <laughs> what a loaded question, right there, huh? Christians may be shocked to know this. If you are a true loyal Christian, according to the Bible, then you are 100% pro-tyranny and freedom. This man honestly doesn't know what he's talking about. Isn't it the first thing? I don't see anything in it. In the Bible, especially in the New Testament, that, that support anything that was just said there. And if you know, if you're a Christian, you're following Jesus Christ and His teachings. You're not following the Mosaic Law or following the debased. Um, now, if you're you're if you're a New Te- an Old Testament, a um, what do we call them? A, And these Jewish influenced ones. Yeah. And anti freedom. This is brilliant. Well, that's the great thing about the internet, and uh, there's a format for us to say anything we want to. This is easily proved, provable uh, from the Bible itself. Face it. Face it. Face it. What you're. You Christians are in denial about is the clear, clear the God depicted in your Bible 
is an evil tyrant who kills anyone who disobeys him and often for trivial reasons places zero in big uh, letters as he uses his uh, neurolinguist programming value on freedom free thought and rationality His law demands 100% obedience and subservience, uh, threatening death and damnation as a consequence for even one noncompliance, which is insane. That is crystal clear. Will he prove it, what he says, or will he just make the allegations? How fascinating. Nothing in the Bible supports human freedom for choice, free choice, or liberty at all. Period. For, uh, Christianity, or you know, Judaized Christianity, or yeah, whatever people call Christianity, and fascism share the following core attributes. And you can also say communism. You must obey or be punished. No independent thoughts, free speech, only conformity is allowed. So first of all, this, this gentleman has to make a mistake. He has to make a distinction between being a Christian and that of one who um, a, bi- a biblically literalist Christian, quote unquote Christian. In other words, a what is your standard? What is it to you a Christian? Is you're a Christian because you follow the teachings of Christ or you follow the teachings of the Old Testament of Mosaic Law? So, uh, yes, if you face flat, well, at face value, if you look at the Bible itself, it is, um, can teach violence racism, slavery, um, go on and on and on. Or, if you if you read the book all the way through and understand what the message is, and we're going to find out as we go back into here, that, you know, um, all of these arguments are weak because they misunderstand what the book was about in the first place. Now, if you just stay stuck on the Old Testament and its teachings, then absolutely. But you got to read all the way through. And the damnedest of things is as you go through, you get to honestly honest, say, I don't know what the heck I'm reading. Your ruler is to be feared. I guess that's because you're the Pope. And I, and who, uh, for fear keeps your obedience to authority. Uh, the use of fear and guilt is psychological control uh, mechanism. Uh-huh. The view of the individual is weak and powerless. He is slash her life is without purpose unless aligned with aligned to service a quote higher power end of quote. That sounds like just like AA talk or collective. That sounds just like a uh Well, you know, 
communist talk, God, state, or dictator. What this means is that you cannot be a devout Christian and believe in freedom or free choice at the same time. This is absolutely not true at all, because I believe in Jesus Christ. I think I'm devout. Not by anybody else's standards, but if you read the Bible, I'm closer to devout Christian than most that I know. And I believe in freedom. And actually, Christianity, what Christ teaches is freedom. Freedom from religion. Freedom from the dictator. Freedom from the tyrant. Freedom from the... um, Uh, yeah, whatever it may be, and uh, from conformity. But unfortunately, people don't read the Bible. They just uh, listen to what other people have to say, and they just want to formulate what their own opinion is before actually putting the time and energy in to know anything. Unless it's guaranteed a paycheck, in then case, then you're willing to do it, all right? But truth usually doesn't pay much. Well, it does free you, and what does that free you from a lot of the guilt that the world tries to throw on you, so. Which this man is doing. So, interesting, though, you know, he's what he's talking about is uh, brick-and-mortar Christianity, uh, brick-and-mortar the church. Um, and he's absolutely right, what he's saying. But unfortunately, most people don't seem to have the, the ability to divide the two, to distinguish between the two. That is following Christ and going to church on Sunday or Saturday or whatever. Anyways, well, I love it because the specious of the argument, uh, specious nature of the argument of the atheist, is it, it reveals to me at this point how little they're willing to accept as far as the teachings. Yeah, if you want to stay in the Mosaic Law, if you want to stay stuck in the Old Testament, yeah. He's absolutely right. That's what it is. And so you look at Judaism and what its real role is, what it really wants, and enslaving everybody. But, you know, people say, well, what about the Catholic Church? Well, most of us who listen to this show know it's not a Christian church. First of all, it's pseudo-Christianity. Okay, back to this, uh, the Perusia by James Stewart Russell, written in 1878, if the information is correct. All this is, um, of course, you're talking about the Perusia and the coming of the Lord. So and we were just, what is it? Oh, there's so much information. Uh, we'll just plug along. If you don't know, look and listen to the last show if you're interested. If anybody even listens to this, which is my hope that someone does. It doesn't matter if there's 20 or 20,000. And it's just one. It might just be me. Truth is, lonely war. Not much you can do about that. All this it, it, um, is undeniable. Okay, let's see. 
though the Jewish people were all were at all times restless and uneasy under the yoke of Rome, there were no urgent symptoms of disinfection at the time when the Lord delivered the prediction of the approaching destruction of the temple, the city, and the nation. The higher classes were profuse in their profession of loyalty to the imperial government. We have no king but Caesar, was their cry. It was the policy of Rome to grant the free exercise of their own religion to the subject provinces. There was, and therefore, no apparent reason why the new and splendid temple of Jerusalem should not stand for centuries. And Judea enjoyed a greater tranquility and prosperity under the reigns or the aegis of Caesar than she had ever known under the, her native princes. Yet before the generation which rejected and crucified the son of David had wholly passed away, the Jewish nationality was extinguished. And Jerusalem was a desolation. The holy and beautiful house on Mount Zion was raised to the ground. The unhappy people who knew not the time of their visitation were overwhelmed with calamities without a parallel in the annals of the world, the Jewish world, that is, by the All this is undeniable. Yet, it would be too much to expect that this will be regarded as a adequate fulfillment of our Savior's words by many whom prejudice or traditional interpretations, like what we just listened to from the uh, first tier, first three atheists, level atheists, who didn't go further in his research. And why should he? Why would he want anything that may challenge what he wants to believe? It doesn't feel good when it happens. Especially when you find out you're wrong about stuff. All right, where are we at? So, uh, this is all undeniable, yet... It would be too much to expect that the will that this will be regarded as an adequate fulfillment of our Savior's words by many who prejudice or traditional interpretations have taught to see more in the prophecy than ever inspiration included in it. The language it is said is too magnificent. The transactions too stupendous to be satisfied by so inadequate an event as the judgment of Israel and the destruction of Jerusalem. We have already endeavored to point out the real significance and grandeur of the event, but one, but the one su sufficient answer to all such objections is. The expression, the expressed declaration, 
of our Lord, which covers the whole ground of the prophetic discourse. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things are fulfilled. No doubt there are some portions of this prediction which are, uh, I think, something capable of verification by human testimony. Maybe not. Does anyone expect Tacitus or Suetonius or Josephus or any other historian to relate to, quote, the Son of Man was seen coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, that he summoned the nations of his tribunal and rewarded every man according to his works? There is a sign, a region into which witnesses and reporters may not enter. Flesh and blood may not gaze upon the mysteries of spiritual, of the spiritual and immaterial. But there is also a large portion of prophecy which is capable of verification. Which has been as which has been amply verified. Even an assailant of Christianity who impunches the supernatural knowledge of Christ is compelled to admit that quote the portion relating to the destruction of the city is singularly definite and corresponds very closely with the actual events. The punctual fulfillment the punctual fulfillment of that part of prophecy which comes within the field of human observation is the guarantee by the truth to before the truth of the remainder which does not fall within that sphere. We shall find in the sequel of this discussion that the events which now appear to many incredible were the confident expectation and hope of the apostle age and that the early church or early Christians were fully persuaded of their reality and nearness. We are placed, therefore, in this dilemma. Either the words of Jesus are have failed, excuse me, and the hopes of his disciples have been falsified, or else those words and hopes have been fulfilled, and the prophecy in all its parts has been fully accomplished. One thing is certain: the veracity of our Lord is committed to the assertion that the whole and every part of the events contained in the prophecy were to take place before the close of the existing generation. If any language may claim to be precise and definite, it is that which our Lord employs to mark the limits of the time within which all his words were to be fulfilled. What 
whatever other catastrophe of other nations and other ages there may be in the future concerning them of them our lord is silence is silence excuse me he speaks of his own guilty nation and uh, of his judicial coming at the close of the age as had been often and clearly foretold by Malachi, by John the Baptist, and by himself. For this, his words are to be held responsible. But beyond this, all is mere human speculation. The hypothesis of theologians grounded upon no warranty of scripture. We have thus endeavored to rescue this great prophecy from the loose and uncritical method of the interpretation by which it has been so much obscured and perplexed. And to let it... <clears throat> speak the same distinct and definite meaning to us as it did to the disciples. Reverence of the word of God and due regard to the principles of interpretation forbid us to impose unnatural constructions and double senses, which in effect would be, quote, to add to the words of this prophecy, end of quote. We dare not play fast and loose with the express and precise statements of Christ. We find but one parousia, one end of the age, one impending catastrophe, one terminus ad quam, quote, this generation, end quote, we protest, we, protest, we protest against the exegesis which handles the word of God in such free fashion as it commends itself to many. Quote, the Lord, and the quote, it is said, quote, is always coming to those who look for his appearing. We see his coming on a large scale in every crisis of the great human story. And revelation in, in the reformations and, and the crisis of individual history, for each one of us there is an advent of the Lord, as often as new or and larger views of truth are presented to us, or we are called to enter on new and pre-chances, more laborious, laborious and exciting duties, end quote. In this way, it might be difficult to say what is not a, quote, coming of the Lord, end quote. But by making it anything and everything, we make it nothing. It is uh, um, 
It is evacuated of all precision and reality. There is no reason why the incarnation, the crucifixion, and the resurrection should not similarly become common in everyday transactions, as well as the parousia. The parousia. I hear, I hear my birds flying around. They're not quite coming over them here. It is not one thing to say that the principle of divine government are eternal and immutable, and therefore what God does to one people or to one age, he will do in similar circumstances to other nations and other ages, and it is quite another thing to say that this prophecy has two meanings, one for Jerusalem and Israel and another for the world and the final consummation of all things. We hold with uh, Neither that quote the words of Christ like his works contain within them a germ of an infinite development reserved for future ages to unfold in the quote. But this does not imply that the prophecy is anything that an ingenious fantasy or ingenious fancy can devise. <clears throat> or has occult or um, ulterior senses underlying the apparent and natural significance of the language. The duty of the interpreter and student of Scripture is not to try what Scripture may be made to say, but to submit his understanding to, quote, the true saying of God, end of quote which are usually as simple as they are profound. Our Lord's Declaration Before the High Priest. In Matthew 26, verse 20, 64, Jesus said unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand, of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. And Mark's and Mark fourteen sixty two and Jesus said, I am, and ye shall see the Son of Man sitting in the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Luke twenty two sixty nine six 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 quote Hereafter shall the Son of Man sit in the right hand of the power uh, for God, of the power of God, excuse me. The reply of our Savior to the solemn adjuration of the high priest is the almost verbatim repetition of what he had declared to the disciples on the Mount of Olives. Quote, they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with all power and great glory, end of quote. Matthew, Roman numeral, 24, 30. Verse 30. It is evidently the same event in the same period that are referred to. 
The language implies that the persons addressed, or some of them, would witness the event predicted. The expression, quote, ye shall see, end quote, would not be proper if spoken of something which the hearers were none of them would none of them live to witness, and which would not take place for thousands of years. Our Lord therefore told his judges that they, and some of them, would live to see his coming of judgment or coming of his kingdom. This declaration is in harmony with what our Savior said to his disciples. Quote, the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels. Dot, dot, dot. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste the death, a taste of death till they see the Son of Man in his kingdom. End of quote. Matthew, Roman numeral 16, verses 27 and 28. Some of his disciples and some of his judges would live long enough to witness that great consummation less than 40 years distant when the Son of Man would come in his kingdom to execute the judgments of God on the guilty nation. This is precisely what the prophecy of the Mount of Olives asserts. Quote, this generation shall not pass. End quote, etc. Here again, we have neither obscurity nor ambiguity. He just flew over my head this time. But can as much be said for the interpretation which makes our Lord's words refer to a time still further and the event which has not yet taken place? Can as much be said of for the interpretation which finds in this scene which the Jewish Sanhedrins were to witness. No one distinct and particular event, but a prolonged and continuous process, which began at the resurrection of Christ is still going on and will continue to go on to the end of the world. This strange interpretation, which is that the Lang and Alford, is based partly on the assumption that our Lord's predictions, prediction has not, ever, never yet been fulfilled, and partly on the word, quote, quote henceforth, end quote, which is held to indicate a continuous process, but is such an explanation credible for even or even conceivable? It is true that the high priests and the Sanhedrins began from that time to see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven, etc. So that was a question, by the way. So, is it true? How could such an apparition be a continuous process in the quote? Plainly, the words can only refer to a definite and specific event. And we can be 
at no loss to determine what this what that event is. It can be no other than the parousia, so often predicted before. That was not a protracted pro- protracted process, but a summary act, sudden, swift, conspicuous as the lightning. The sense is well expressed by the editors of the, quote, critical English testament, and the quote, quote, the meaning cannot be that immediately after the moment of his answer, he should some come, and they so, he should so come, and they so see him, but rather that he would now depart from them and that when they next saw him after his rejection by them, it would be at his coming in glory as foretold by the prophet Daniel. End of quote. We find then in this declaration of our Lord an additional confirmation of his previous statements that his coming again, would take place within the period of the existing generation. Some of his judges, as well as some of his disciples, were to witness it, and there would be no meaning in such an assertion if it did not imply that they were to witness it, quote, in the flesh, end of quote. Prediction of the woes coming to Jerusalem Luke, Roman numeral 23, verses 27 through 31. And there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus turned unto them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in which they shall say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bear, and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in the dry. End of quote. Here we have a statement so clear, so definite in every point that can fix its reference, time, place, person, circumstances, that no room is left for uncertainty. It points to a time which was not far distant, but at hand. Quote, the days are coming, in the quote, are time which the persons addressed and their children would live to see. A time of great tribulation, which would fall with a particular severity upon womanhood and childhood. A time when the agony of their terror, despairing multitudes, would cry to the mountains, and the hills to fall on them and cover them. 
These memorable details will be found most valuable in the uh, in the elucidation of scripture prophecy at a subsequent stage of this investigation. Meanwhile, it is clear that this pathetic description can refer only to the catastrophe of Jerusalem in the last days of her history. We have only to turn to the pages of Josephus for the facts which illustrate and confirm our Savior's language. The horrors of the tragic history culminate in the episode of Mary of Perea, uh, I guess that's what it is, who uh, the, theistine, a theistine banquet as the thigh, as the thigh, as it maybe is the yes, I don't know how to say it, the yes, the theistine, the theistine, I guess that's what it is. It's T H Y E S. T-E-A-N and Perea I don't know where that is Mary Perea certainly read it before but I just can't remember so human whose uh, banquet honored even the merciless band did I who prowled like famished wolves through the city. It is in the light of an incident like this that we see the full meaning of the words, quote, blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear, end quote. It is with this movement of something like impatience that we listen to Steyer beguiled by the Ignis fat, fatius of the double sense, insisting on a hidden meeting in our Savior's words. Quote, he spoke expressively and primarily on the judgment of Jerusalem and Israel. Yet he contemplated and refers to that which was shadowed out in th- this historical tape. The judgment of all the impenitent and all the unbelievers in common down to the last. And quote. So also Alfred, following Steyer, is, it, it is only in the imagination of the expositor, however, that this ulterior reference exists. There is no suggestion of it in the text, it is with a degree of wonder that we find a scholarly critic so far forgetting his true vocation as he pronounced, quote, the historical and actual specific found fulfillment, end quote, to be, quote, the least thing, the meaning of the word reacts much further, end quote. If ever there was a case in which double meaning and typical fulfillments are not to be thought of, surely it is here. At such an hour of anguish, there could be but one thought presented to the heart 
of Jesus. He saw the gathering storm of wrath in which the devoted city was soon to be enveloped and which would burst with such violence on the tender and delicate, the children and the mothers of Jerusalem. And he reciprocated the pity which he received from those compassionate hearts. More touched in that moment by their anticipated woes than by his own. What need is there to go beyond the tragical catastrophe and seek for another concerning which the context is altogether silent? The Prayer of the Penitent Thief Luke, Roman numeral uh, 23, verse 42. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom. The single point which concerns us is the memorable incident, is the reference made by the male factor to our Lord's, quote, coming in his kingdom, end of quote. In whatever way he had come by the knowledge, he recognized in the rejected prophet by his side the king of Israel, the son of God. He believed that notwithstanding his rejection, the crucifixion by Israel, and the crucifixion by Israel, he would one day Quote, come again in his kingdom, end of quote. The marvelous faith in such a man at such a moment. If the thief on the cross had listened to the testimony of Jesus before the high priest, or if he had known what he said to the disciples, that, quote, some of them should not taste death till they had seen the Son of Man coming in his kingdom, end of quote, we could... Uh, better account for his faith and his prayer. At any rate, there could not have been more intelligence and precision in the language of a disciple than in the words of this, quote, brand plucked out of the fire, end of quote. What notion of malefactor entertained respecting the time of the coming, whether he conceived it to be near or distant. We have no means of knowing, but it is presumable that he thought of it as near. A dying man would scarcely pray to be remembered in some distant age. After centuries and millenniums had rolled away, in such a crisis, it could only be the imminent or the immediate that could be in his thoughts. One thing seems certain, the most incredible of all the interpretations is that which would represent his prayer as still unanswered. The quote, coming in the quote, which he spoke 
as still among the events of an unknown futurity. The Apostolic Communion, excuse me, Commission. And uh, that's a good place to stop for this recording. What would you do if you found out that your pastors and your priests were teaching false doctrine and false eschatology? What would you do? The exegesis that they were exposing was completely 180 from what the actual scriptures say. What would you do? Would you lose your faith in Christ? Or would you lose your faith in religion? Would you lose your faith in both? Is there any way to escape religion in the first place? A world full of cults and organizations and little empires? Where do you go? What will your faith actually be in? Good questions, isn't it? Is it going to be just your intellect, your ability? What happens if you end up like me? And you're going down that road and all of a sudden it's pulled out. The the rug is pulled out from under you. What do you do? What do you do? You know, it's interesting with the um, internet and Facebook, and uh, not Facebook, YouTube, and all these little short one-hour, two-hour recordings. And you'll find it's the same old nonsense a lot of times. Not much depth. For those who are looking for depth, I hope you recognize that what you're hearing here, regardless of how uh, poor my performance may be, uh, the invaluable truth of the message. I guess there's, people have a justifiable um, argument in looking at Christians as, well, a bit crazy, a bit not all there, but a lot of it probably may be just because of a lack of proper training and a willingness to actually be exposed as a fool. There's many other people in similar positions with degrees, diplomas. There are not much better off when it comes to these arguments than the single mother of three working a job say at a hotel cleaning and changing room service, as you say. Making minimum wage and struggling the rest of her life because never having the time and chance to think about anything. Not properly being 
um, taught in the uh, the arts necessary to have critical thinking. And then once you have critical thinking, it's you're not much of a good. You're not very good as being a slave. So the only thing that you do then is either you conform and melt in and do something a little more challenging for you. That challenge would dissipate very soon. It soon would be just interactions with other confused human beings or death. The fooling elite is not going to want you to think clearly about much of anything. That's the real threat. The real threat is a non-compliance, an unwilling to comply blindly, a recognition that your existence is, well, precarious at best, empty, And you want more. And the more independence you get, the more threat you are. And I just make this find it fascinating as I was gaining that independence. I was struck down at that moment. MS. How that came about, I have no idea. And I probably never will. And that's how the power of manipulation, that's the power of having authority, and that power is to inflict pain on others. And then, of course, there's the arts of inflicting pain and how skillful they can be, others can be, as far as inflicting that pain. And obviously, the more say obviously but one of the things would be uh, when you're uh, a torturer tormentor an enslaver is once again as we hear over and over again the best slaves are those who don't realize they're a slave the best torture victims are the ones who don't realize they're tortured Now, there's a contradiction in that statement because you would think completely the other way around. But you know, they've had thousands of years of practicing open to torture, open violence, and death in front of people. And honestly, they must realize... It's only part of their solution to their control. It's only one of their tricks in the bag. As they practice their sorcery. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.